0: Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit Tacovas.com that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. This is the first in a new series of the Minimalist Moms Podcast. Going deeper episodes will be less structured with more of a conversational tone. This week, I spoke with Tara Clark of Modern Mom Props about growing up with a hoarder. Tara vulnerably shared how hoarding affected her growing up, how it's affected her now, and advice for you if a parent or someone you know is also in the same situation. I'm really excited for you to hear this episode with Tara, but before we get to the conversation, if you haven't left a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, stop, pause, or listen to the episode and tell me how good you think it is, head over there and leave a review. Your reviews are so helpful and they help more people find the Minimalist Moms podcast and help others as they start to pursue a life with us. All right, let's get into the conversation with Tara Clark. Okay, Tara. So we're hopping on this call right now. We've been in communication with one another since the last time you joined me on the show. And I want this episode to be slightly different, but we knew about a year ago that we wanted to talk about hoarding. We knew that we wanted to have you come back. So I was thinking, is it a habit?
1: What do we call hoarding? It's a good question. I mean, I, I don't have any sort of like official diagnosis. I could tell you, you know, sort of my situation growing up and my situation with my mom. And I could, you know, speak to that a little bit and then how that has affected my life as an adult. So yeah, I could sort of cover all of those different things. But but the interesting thing with my mom is that I mean, now I'm totally just jumping right into it, right? Of yeah. course. But um, the thing with my mom is that she just has a really hard time throwing things away because she has like sentimental value. She places sentimental value on all kinds of things that really don't have any sentimental value. Maybe she went to, I don't know, a fast food place and she's going to keep that cup. And I'm like, you don't need to keep that cup. That cup belongs in the garbage or you don't have to reuse your plastic straws 300 times before uh, discarding them, something like that. Or not even that. I mean, maybe it makes sense to keep the plastic straws, but like mail, she has a really hard time getting rid of mail. And then it piles up on her dining table to the point where she could hardly eat at the dining table because it's taken up with mail that really should just be discarded.
0: Yeah, and I don't wanna pretend like I know anything about the mindset behind why people choose to do this because I'm sure there are many things at play here. And I- I'm hesitant to say that it is a mental health issue, but I, I think that it is. Mm-hmm. You
1: feel that way? Yes, I would, I would definitely, uh, agree. My, my mother has, and still continues to deal with mental health issues, but she does not acknowledge them, nor does she, um, think that it really, you know, affects her in any way. It's like, it's hard to be someone Mm -hmm. sort of like looking from the outside in and knowing and, and wanting her to, to get help, but she would never in a thousand years accept it. Mm -hmm. How old's your mom? She is 67.
0: Okay. Let's talk more about this and how it has affected you throughout your life and who you are now. How did her behaviors affect you growing up? I mean, was this something
1: that you lived
0: with throughout childhood or
1: did it, how did, what did that look like? So I grew up in an apartment with uh, just my mom and I, and when I was much younger, it didn't really seem to be an issue because we didn't really seem to have so much stuff. But then as I got older, obviously somehow over time, we accumulated a lot of stuff and, and it was stuff that we were using, whether it was clothes or toys or little knickknacks and trinkets and stuff like that. We always just had a lot of stuff in the house, a lot of books, a lot of, you know, we had a chair that had all of our jackets and sweaters and hoodies and all of that kind of stuff. And so that was sort of just like the chair that you had right before we walked out the door. And so you would grab whatever you needed off of that wardrobe chair. Right. And then even my bedroom just had a lot of stuff in it that had a lot of stuffed animals i had a lot of clothes at one point i remember i had two closets in my bedroom and my bedroom wasn't terribly big like i said we grew up in a garden apartment and i had an ironing board outside of my closets because i didn't use my closets for their intended purposes my closets were filled with stuff from my childhood that was left untouched so during my teen years like tween and teen years i only used the ironing board and i had um all of my clothes on hangers, I wore a uniform to school. So I had all of my clothes on hangers and the hangers were sort of stuck through the, the edges of the ironing board. And that was sort of my closet instead of the two closets that I had in my room. And I never ever opened my closet. And not only really did I not open my closets, I could hardly even get to my closets because I couldn't open the doors because mm-hmm. there was so much stuff in front of them, toys and whatever nonsense. I mean, did you think that that was strange? Uh, yes, because when I went to other friends' houses, their house wasn't so cluttered, but also my friends lived in single family homes. So, you know, just by the very nature of us living in an apartment, we didn't have as much space or storage as other people would have had to, Mm -hmm. you know, put stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely weird. And then my mother, when I graduated college, she was moving out of that apartment that we had lived in for 20 years. She was moving into a new, um condo and we had to pack up all of our stuff. And it was so much stuff. It was all of the stuff of my childhood, all of the Barbie shoes and all of that kind of stuff. And she insisted that we move it all and Mm -hmm. like, just crap, just like just so much stuff. And so finally we got it to her new condo. And I remember my husband at the, well, like he was my boyfriend at the time. He is my husband. Now I remember he and I looked at each other. We're like, you know, we have to throw all the stuff out now. Right. And he and I were like, "Uh aha. Yeah. And so we just tossed like boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff or donated stuff and gave it to the library, all different things. Um, And then my mom came home from work one day and she's like, wow, everything looks amazing in here. What she didn't know is that we got rid of like 80% of the stuff that she had like Moved with, um, and it was just crap. You know, it was just stuff you didn't need. Stuff that like she didn't have a heart to throw out, or I didn't have a heart to throw out um, before we we moved. And then I thought back to like we paid the moving company all that money to move all this stuff that we eventually just discarded and tossed out anyway. But the the moral of my story in telling that is that that was sort of what it was like growing up. It's just, we had a lot of stuff. It was a lot of stuff everywhere. Nobody used the closets for what the closets were intended for. And, um, and she's still like that. Even now she's a huge walk-in closet in her condo. Mm -hmm. She keeps all of her clothes on her bed, which is weird because you would think that you'd sleep on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But she doesn't. And, um, and so it took me and my husband who grew up in a meticulous household to, he really helped me in that because, you know, I grew up and it, it was sort of modeled as normal ish for me. So when he was like, no, we got to get rid of this crap. He's like, you don't need these, you know, babysitter club books that you had when you were 12. Now you're 22. Like <clears throat> we need to donate those. Like you need to get rid of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he helped me. And I was so grateful for that. And then again, my mom was grateful to us. And even still now, she always says to me, come over, clean my house, come over, clean my house. Mm-hmm. Cause she knows that she can't do it for herself. So sure. she knows that she needs me to, to help her with that.
0: It's curious because it doesn't sound like she had any type of inventory, a mental inventory of the things that she had. It it was more so I can't pull the trigger on this because the sentiment behind it or that I have given these things is too painful or too it's too emotional. And again, mm-hmm. I don't know what has been built up in her mind uh, in doing that, but it does seem a little bit different than some of the other hoarding stories that I've heard uh where they are very aware of the things that they had and if someone were to get rid of those things, that it would be a
1: situation. I uh, yeah, well, that that's funny that you say it because yeah, she is aware of certain things, things that are her things, but the okay. stuff that we were getting rid of was, you know, m- my toys from my childhood, my okay. books from my childhood, those types of things that really wouldn't affect her one way or the other. Mm-hmm. However, having said that, like now that her house is purged from my childhood stuff, mm-hmm. she does have a very good finger on the pulse of what is in her house. And my husband and I often joke because my mom has my uh, snowboard. She doesn't snowboard. But also at the same time, I know I can never get that from her because okay. it's in her house now. So okay. that belongs to her. And so uh yeah the things that are under her roof are are now hers and will forever be hers. So it, it depends on the types of things. But she really does have a very hard time parting with I mean just very basic things.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. I just wonder what has contributed to that mindset. I mean, you said that it was just you and her growing up. So I'm, I'm wondering if there was some, I'm not to like get too deep, but yeah, I do wonder if maybe there was some pain, obvious pain there that she experienced with your father at some point And like the attachment to things was maybe a representation of something that she felt like she lost.
1: Yeah. That's very insightful. I think that for her, it was twofold. One, she grew up with parents who had lived through the great depression. So Mm -hmm. my grandparents were very, not that they were attached to material things, but they sort of had a very scarcity mindset that like, maybe you'll never get that again. Maybe that's, you know, the only time um, that you'll have X, Y, and Z experience to be able to to own something like that. And so I think their great depression scarcity mindset contributed to it. Mm -hmm. And then I think also growing up um, as a single mother contributed it to To that as well. And so, I mean, maybe it was sort of a confluence of a few things.
0: Absolutely. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as Lime Margarita and Grapefruit Paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at com slash minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. One of the things I wanted to know was if you were ever able to, outside of that moment when you moved her, did you ever speak to her about this or was it something that you were just like, oh, that's my mom? I mean, obviously you love her regardless of her behaviors, but I just didn't know if there was ever a conversation that was had.
1: Um... Yes. I mean, it's always sort of an ongoing conversation because I'll give you an example recently. She, I gifted her FabFit fun boxes. So they come like every quarter or something like that. Okay. She receives them, opens them to look at them and then puts them in the corner of her condo and doesn't open them and doesn't take the things out and use them. So the other day she'd received one that she sort of had in the hallway and tripped over and then fell and so when I came over her house, she was like, Oh, can you like organize these for me? And I was like, well, sure. But they're all full of stuff. Mommy, don't you want to like use them? It's like beautiful hair care products and all kinds of things. And she's like, no, I just like, I like looking at the boxes because they're decorative and stuff. And I'm like, okay. She's like, but I can't have them in the hallway. Cause I, I fall on them. So then I like moved that particular box and sort of organized the other ones, um, a little bit. And, um, And so that's, again, sort of indicative of, you know, that hoarding behavior, but it does get to the point where like, yeah, you can get injured tripping on boxes if you don't see them in the middle of the night or something like that. Um, So, yeah, that's, it's still an ongoing thing because I do try to help her whenever we're together. Um, But again, it causes her a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. because she knows that her table is filled with stuff. You know, she knows that there's stuff all over her house. It's just that she has a hard time bringing herself to, like you said, pull the trigger to be able to work on it.
0: I'm thinking back to my own childhood. And I was, I was like that. I would get a gift at Christmas or my birthday and say, I would have a party. All of my friends would be like, let's open it. Let's get it open. And I was absolutely not. No, we're not doing that. And I would take them to my room and I would slowly open what I wanted, but I would actually try and keep it really pristine and I hated if anything happened to it it's weird the way that I am now because I truly believe if we own something use it and Mm -hmm. I mean I would get a perfume and I'd be like I can't use too much of this because I need it to look nice on my shelf and so I definitely can relate to some of that mentality of okay I've looked at this and now I'm just going to keep it but then again with minimalism it's like no use the things that you have or otherwise why do we own them It's not just preserve them. It's not to have a museum in our in our homes. Why are we doing that? Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. That's what I often say to her. And again, I mean, I contribute it. I contribute to it. in as much as that, I was the one that gifted her the subscription to that mm-hmm. um, box. But uh, I always, I always tell her like, use the stuff, mommy. Like mm-hmm. that's why it's there. Like the, 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 you know, what, what did she get? It was like a basil plant grower with a special lamp and stuff like that. I was like, use the stuff. It's not doing any good sitting in the box.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I want to use everything that I have because it just makes
1: the most sense. Or why are we buying these things? Why are we buying these things? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that helped me as an adult too, because like I said, after seeing, you know, how my friends grew up and they did not grow up in the same situation, Uh seeing how my husband grew up was not the same thing. His, his, his mother to the point we always have a joke that she would throw things out so quickly that you would still be in the process of playing a board game and she'd be throwing the board game out like while you were still using it, you know? So, so yeah. she was like the exact opposite of, um, of my mom in that sense. And so, um, so my husband, you know, he grew up, uh, in a clean house, not in a like, you know, untouchable, unlivable kind of house, sure. it was a very livable house, but it was, it was tidy and they didn't have a lot of stuff like, you know, how, how I grew up. Um, And so I think that, that helped me because, you know, our aesthetic in our home is minimalistic and we use the things that we buy because like you said, why else buy them? Um, And I think that really affected me going forward. The only thing that I know that I still have some difficulty with, and I, I know it's like rubbed off on me from my childhood is my son's playroom. That's the only part of our house that I would consider a disaster mm-hmm. and that I need to really sit down and organize and go through and donate and recycle the things mm-hmm. that he doesn't use on a daily basis. But the rest of my house, I'd like to say is pristine, except for the playroom, which is a disaster. <laughs>
0: so you, you moved into what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about how witnessing her behaviors has affected you now. And obviously your husband has been a major influence, which that's awesome that you have that in your life, because do you think that if he wasn't the way that he is, would you be similar to your mom? Or do you think that it turned you off?
1: I think it turns me off because once we moved into that condo. Like I said, I graduated college. She bought this condo. I lived there with her um, for a couple of years until ultimately when I got married and I kept the the condo meticulous because it was brand new. It had just been built. We were like the first people in it. We bought it pre-construction and um, I would scrub the floors and I was meticulous. And like I said, we had a clean slate because I threw away all of the crap that she had brought with us there. And so we really did have a clean slate. And then when I moved out, I'm just trying to think of late like the timing, maybe four years later, then she just, you know, went back to her own ways. So she also needs like a guiding force to be able to like tidy and keep things clean. And that guiding force was me. Um, and so then, yeah, after that, it sort of just, you know, she returned back to her old behaviors. She'd said to me the other day, something about, about cleaning the house. And I said, mommy, you've been in that house for 15 years now. No, 20, I'm I'm lying 20 years now. And I was like, and, and 15 of those years, I haven't even lived there. So like, it's not, it's not my fault. (laughs) You know, if the house gets messy, like I haven't even lived there. So, but it just, yeah, old habits die hard. I think.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you would have done differently in your relationship with her and her things?
1: Um, you know, I try, I mean, maybe getting her more professional help in that sense mm-hmm. to be able to really guide it. Cause like I said, I, I can only do so much as an individual. And again, I, I don't live there. If, if I did live there and had lived there for the last 15 years, like I would have been able to keep on top of things and keep it tidy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I do when I go there physically, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't do it when I'm not there obviously. And so maybe getting her help would be the only other way.
0: Mm -hmm. And I mean, she has to want that. She has to accept that. And that's, I think the hard thing too, when we become adults, if we're not willing to address things. I was talking to my husband about this last night. Sometimes you can want something for someone and think that they should be on a different path, but there are not seasons where someone can hear something and maybe some seasons are longer and maybe that's just a lifetime that they're never able to hear that reality. But yeah, I just, I have tried as of recently to not keep my opinions to myself, but just, you have to navigate and know who you're talking to and who you're working with or else it's, it's just gone on deaf ears
1: really. Yeah. So well said. I mean, that's the thing. There's nobody that knows how to get navigate my mother better than I do, Mm -hmm. which I know, you know, sometimes maybe my husband gets frustrated or other, you know, family members get frustrated, Mm -hmm. but I know how to navigate her. I've been navigating her for 40 years. So (laughs) There's there's like I said, there's nobody better at it than I am, but it's still really challenging. Even though you know how to navigate those waters, it doesn't mean that they're not still choppy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to say to encourage listeners? I really appreciate you sharing so much and so vulnerably.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I definitely would recommend people chatting with their loved one about this if they feel comfortable. It's a really hard conversation to have because it's Awkward for both sides. It's Mm -hmm. awkward for the person who has the issue and it's awkward for the person who wants to help. Um, But definitely have the conversations. Offer to get professional help if that person is, like you said, open and willing to do it. Like I said, I can try to help my mom as much as I can when I'm there in person, but I know that if it was coming intrinsically from her, then she would do it so much better than the one off times that I'm able to be there. So um, get professional help when you can.
0: Absolutely. Well, Tara, where can listeners find you? I know that this is like a departure from what we usually see from you on your on your page, but where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online?
1: Sure. So um you could find me at Instagram at Modern Mom Probs. Uh also the same thing with the website, modernmomprobs.com. Uh, I have a podcast with the same name. Anything under Modern Mom Probs, you'll be able to find me and reach out to me. I'd love to chat.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much. You are my first episode of going deeper. And I just really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Diane. I appreciate it. What did you think of the episode? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.